Yes, people, it's episode 170 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? Uh, it is Sunday, the 3rd? Sunday, 3rd of May. Shit! It's in, we're in May already. Oh, my God. The fifth month of the year. Uh, this year is going to be absolutely chopped down in size for us being st- stuck indoors for all this time um it's gonna be a fast year if you thought last year was quick this year is gonna fly by i know it feels like you've been trapped indoors for forever but i'm telling you it's gonna go quickly it's gonna go quickly i've already done two weeks of my new job um what's this guy doing I think he's just parking next to me just to see if I was going to rob anything. I've been sat outside for a while. Um, two weeks in the new job. So that's flying quickly. We're in May already. May's going to go by. We've got bank holiday next week. Then before you know, we have another bank holiday. Then we're in June. And then we've had like half the year done. It's nuts. It's a strange time. Thursday. This Thursday coming up, we're going to hear from Boris, see what's going on. Is the lockdown going to be lifted? To what extent? I don't think it's going to be lifted. That's my prediction. I think we need to stay locked down for another three weeks. Let it just flatten out a bit and then um, then start just creeping back out. So we just don't overwhelm the NHS. Because people, it's just going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts out there. But coronavirus aside, what I've been doing, I've been working, been having conversations, been having chats with people. Um, this weekend, I did Funny Gang podcast. So you might have seen the first episode of that. That was with um, me, Kazim Jamal, Philio Half, Michael Akadiri, and Triple J. That's Jimmy James Jones. Um, that was the first episode. Yes, they recorded episode two. And it was just three of us. It was Filio and Kazim and myself. Well, and me, I should say. See, myself is a, is a reflective. Reflexive? Reflexive? Verb. So if you're talking about yourself, then that's 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 when you say myself. So I was doing something by myself. I've never been able to explain English. I know how to use <laughs> use grammar and tenses, but I'm really bad at explaining how you use them. Really bad. But um, so did that and then spoke to my boy Mike from the 100, which is the charity I uh, volunteer at, 100 Black Men of London. Did, did a little talk or career and progress and finances and outlook on life and stuff so that was fun i've just got off the phone to my boy akin amobitan um again we were just chatting away um, talking about the concepts of punching up and punching down and that was really cool really cool conversation we had to just chat and catch up anyway um but he's he's someone actually really respect in comedy i find him funny obviously that's um that's how you get my respect in comedy get my basic respect for being funny um but that's just i just like his style i've always just liked his style um so yeah 
we was chatting with punching up, punching down. I realize that's a very comedy term. I had to explain it to Naomi uh, this morning. So the concept of punching up and punching down, for example, is is where you place yourself socially in the hierarchy. So, for example, um, uh, the clearest one is probably class or, or wealth. So punching up would be a working class comedian making jokes about middle class people or your upper class people. Yeah. Whereas punching down would be your upper class comedian. You don't really have them. A middle class comedian making jokes about working class people. Yeah, and basically people feel generally more uncomfortable when people are punching down. Punching up, you just say what you want because, hey, they've got the power, so it doesn't matter. So women can make jokes about men. Homosexuals can make jokes about heterosexuals. Black can make jokes about white people. Um, disabled people make jokes about able-bodied people. So it's that's punching up. And punching down is the other way. And we was discussing about... To do that, you have to, or to feel that way, you then have to actually place people on a on certain rungs socially to do that. So is that not in itself a bit problematic? In the sense, you've looked at someone and you've decided, I'm punching down by making a joke at them because I'm actually above them. So, yeah, and we were talking about that. And it was interesting, interesting talk. It's not a podcast or anything, so we were just chatting away. But very interesting. Very, very interesting. Off the back of it, actually, it made me think about how I need to write some stuff and just talking to someone about comedy. Maybe go, oh man, I need to write. I want to get back on it. But um, got that, had that going on this week. What else? It is May, so a little bit into my life. So, my car that I sit in to do the podcast, um, it was a three year lease. And we are in the final month of the three years. That's where I got this car on the 1st of June, 2017. And it's going back on the 31st of May, 2020. That's in a few weeks. Now, once I hand this car back, I have no car after that. And I'm then left in the thing of, do I get a new car? Because I don't have anywhere to go. But then I am an adult and I can't need a car. So what do I do? Um, I, I think I can extend this monthly. It's just like a rolling monthly thing and I'll just pay the same amount each month. But then obviously my liability of anything happening to the car gets a bit nuts. Um, I also want a new car. But then, um, oh, where am I going with a new car? We'll get a brand new car just to sit outside. How many miles have you done this year, Darren? Seven. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's going to be nuts. But I want a new car. And now I have to kind of have the balancing act of what kind of car I get. Do I get this economic car? I get a, a car that's really nice. I don't even get to drive. Yeah, I don't lock myself into like a two-year, three-year agreement with a very practical car, then I'm able to drive again. I'm just stuck with a flipping boring motor. Bloody boring motor. Don't want that, do you? Take it to the garage with Phil. Phil down the garage. 
Fix your motor. Don't want that. Um, so, yeah. That's where I am with with the car. Um, what else is going on? What else is going on, man? Having my weekly quizzes with my mates via Zoom. These these uh, really cool quizzes weekly on on Zoom where the production levels has gone through the roof. It just started with us reading questions out over Zoom, and now it's evolved into full PowerPoint presentations with things sliding in, just sounds, images, and video. Oh, it's it's crazy! It's wild now. It's a full extravaganza. Um. What else? We going on? What else been going on? Um, haven't really been going out enough. Um, I need to do that a bit more. And um, that's it really. House search. My wife and I have decided that. We actually need extra extra room downstairs because she doesn't like me sat in the living room commandeering the dining table as my home office. <laughs> oh, dear. That's, that's a funny thing. So I needed a monitor sent to me from work, right, because I just got a laptop and I'm, I'm a two-screen guy. I'm not sure if you can tell by the tone of my voice, but I'm a two-screen guy. That's that's the type of guy I am. Ah, not ashamed about it. Not ashamed of it. That's me, two-screen guy. And here's the thing: being a two-screen guy is um, I look at spreadsheets, big spreadsheets. So that's why I need the two screens. And I've been working on this little laptop. So I said, "Hey, you can is there anything you need?" Anything you need IT-wise? And I was like, oh, no, it's, I'm, I'm new, so I don't want to take the piss. But I was like, oh, I do need it, though. And so I go have a new screen and a mouse. They're like, yeah, sure. And they sent it. This screen is fucking massive. <laughs> it's huge. In my head, I was like, ah, please don't send a small screen. Now I almost thought of asking for two screens. Thank God I didn't, because these... This one screen is big. And. Whoa. When it turned up. Naomi's face is like. Where's that going? And I was like. I am so sorry. I didn't realise it was this big. But. I need it. (laughs) So now our dining table is just my office. So. When we move. If we ever move. Because we're ever allowed out of lockdown. Our, our requirements have now changed and we need an office room so we'll see see how much uh, that adds so we decide yeah so that we've got an office room and then that room will also be my podcasting room and then she'd commanded any small bedroom to be her dressing room because she needs a whole room to get dressed in. <sighs> I ain't going to argue though. not going to argue. Um, <laughs> oh man. So um, actually that's something I can talk about. I saw it on, on Marv, Marvin Abbey's live. 
yesterday. I think he's talking about intimacy in, uh, in relationships. And then another debate he had is who should come first in in a man's life um, when they're married. I'm only going to say the relevant ones. So uh, his mother, his wife, his child, because they had side chick and baby mum on there. I don't know why those categories are there. But, um, yeah, who should come first his mother his wife his child most of the answers uh were were either wife or child wife or child um and it it was an interesting one because i didn't actually hear anyone justify child i feel like everyone who said child felt like it was self-justifying like of course my child's gonna come first and people who's choosing wife justified um, with the same rationale that I had anyway. But out of those three, your mother, your wife, your child, um, it's got to be your wife, isn't it? It's got to be your wife. Your wife is prioritised. Um, wife and mum, I don't think there's any disagreement there. Uh, for any, any mother... That would be their jobs to raise a child to an adult, isn't it? And then everything else, you kind of there just to have... If the child needs to seek counsel about things, but you, you kind of stop being a a mum to them. The dynamic of your relationship changes when they actually become a fully functioning adult. And I think anyone who's a parent would feel some sort of pride in it if they raise a child who ends up becoming a good husband or a good wife. I think part of that is prioritising that partner. Now, the thing is between your spouse and your child. Um, I guess one school of thought I've, I've seen before, is, especially for men, is men should look after their wife and then the wife should look after the children. Um, that's how that should go. Um, I am of the view that as husband and wife, you should prioritise each other. By prioritising each other, you'll then be taking care of your child. That's, you know what I mean? Whereas by prioritising your child, you might be doing something that your spouse would like you to do, but you're not actually technically taking care of your spouse. So I think it's important to focus on your spouse. Everyone else said that, a lot of people said um, your spouse is the only one that's not actually your blood relative, so you should prioritise the other ones. Whereas I think that's the thing of why you should prioritise your spouse because that's someone you've actually chosen to be with. Chosen to be in a partnership with, tackle the world with. Um, so you've got to invest in that partnership so it's strong and you can take the world on together. So I think you should prioritise your wife or your, your spouse um, over your child. Now, obviously, in the real world, it's going to be very rare. It's going to be situations where it's mother or child, wife or mother, wife or child. That's not really going to happen. But you should part. But, yeah, you'd have balance and you'll obviously love them all equally, whatever, but, and differently. I hope you love them differently. You shouldn't be loving your wife like you love your mum. God damn. Uh, Um, yeah, so I think you should prioritise your wife.
it'll be interesting to know what other listeners think. Married or unmarried. Um, I'd be interested to know. But obviously a lot of the women were answering as wives or, pot- or potential wives. So mom started asking women who had kids and they were like, I'd expect my kid to prioritise his wife. And it's like, there you go. Makes sense. Over the mum. But yeah, with the kid though. I think you hear a lot of stories of people get married, have kids. Guy comes home from work. And he's heading straight to the kids, straight to the kids' room or the kids. And there's no interaction with the with their partner. And then your relationship becomes this weird V-shaped relationship where you're just two people who look after this joint child you have. Because then what ends up happening is the child goes. So this joint venture no longer actually has any reason to exist there's none there's no reason to exist and they say oh what do we do we literally lead completely different lives now whereas if you focused on each other therefore by focusing on each other you focused on your kid when that child goes you're now like ah it's just us two now great rather than oh who are you stranger so I think you got to focus on on that relationship. That's what it is. Um, right, what else is there? What's been going on in the world? What's else going on? Uh, nothing else this week, no? All right, let's get some Dear Deirdre then, because I can't think of anything else to talk about. Uh... Oh, my throat's really dry. Come on. Um, sorry, it's a bit slow. Dear Deirdre, I suspected my wife of cheating, so I had hot sex with flirty woman in my taxi. Oh, it's such a strange reaction. Just... Your suspicion made you actually do something rather than find out they actually did it. Not to say it's the right course of action, but I'd almost understand if you cheated on your wife because she cheated on you. But to cheat on your wife because you think she might have done is ridiculous because then what happens if you find out she hasn't and you have? Now you're going to absolutely implode with guilt. But let's see. I had hot sex with a girl in my taxi. I am married, but I keep thinking about it. And I'm tempted to get back in touch with her. I first met this girl, who is 28, six months ago, when she booked me for a lift home from a pub in town. Okay. I'm 35. I liked her the minute she got in the cab. She was very chatty, witty, and full of beans. Full of your beans. And she made me laugh out loud for the first time in ages. I even took her... To a drive through takeaway on the way to her home. Oh my god. Hot date. Hot date. Um, no, the way to treat a lady. It was the best shift I can remember in a long while. Uh, I was too shy to ask for her number and kicked myself for ages afterwards. But she called to book me again a few weeks later. 
I was too shy to ask for your number. No, son, you're too married. I was nervous and excited about seeing her again. This time I gave her my number and asked her for a date. We have both been hurt in the past and we just hit it off. Oh, poor you, mate. Like, how is she going along with this? You put your wedding ring all glistening off the steering wheel, you bastard. My job gave me every excuse to be away from home at all hours and we had some great dates, going for food, dancing and chatting. We would be all, She would be all over me when I was driving and we ended up having sex on the backseat of my taxi several times. It was the best experience ever. Okay, then she told me she had started seeing a married man and preferred him to me. Eesh. Oh, God. She's, so you've been cheated on. You cheated on your wife, but you've been cheated on by your side with someone else who's married. Okay, brilliant. Nice mess. She wanted to end it with me, though she admitted she really liked me and said maybe we could get together in another life. Wow. But, you know, when someone dumps you with philosophy. <laughs> so now with lockdown, I'm stuck at home with my wife. I get the occasional call out, but I'm bored stiff and worried about money. My wife and I are not in great, not in great terms. She's 33. I know she was messing around with other men online before we had to isolate. Hey, dear. I cannot get the other girl out of my head and I keep looking at her number. I still have strong feelings for her. Should I make contact with her? How about you try to fix stuff with your goddamn wife? You bastard. Um... Let's see what else we got. Okay, this is mad. I know it's wrong, but I can't stop fantasizing about having sex with my dad's best friend. Interesting. I dream about sex with my dad's best friend. Um, he is miserable with his wife, and I want to be his rock. Jeez, that sounds deeper and emotional. I'm 19, he's 44. I used to babysit his daughter, who's 12. Jesus Christ. I thought he was happily married until I, it came out because of the lockdown. He sleeps at work rather than go home because his wife is so nasty. Jeez. I first fell for him two years ago, uh, but never told him one. Dad would be horrified. I don't want to be a homewrecker, but I fancy him to bits. Right, This is all in your head at the moment, so see if there's any kind, anything real. Yeah, um, I know he likes me too, but he's never done anything inappropriate. How do you know he likes you? How? How? Now it's out that he and his wife, I think, are separated. I feel like making a move again um, when we see each other in person again. Sorry, right. No, don't. Literally, there's nothing there that said he likes you. You just said he likes you, flipping psycho. Just calm yourself down. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Just calm yourself down. Uh, it's get a fancy in your head because it's not worth your time. Uh, right, let's see. Where else? Let's see, one more, one more, one more, one more. This is a mad one. Messy. No, break, break us, breaking us up. Sorry. A mother-in-law has banned me from her house 
after finding my angry messages. Ooh, dear Deirdre, my mother-in-law found angry messages on my phone about her and now my marriage is in crisis. Her, her phone broke and my husband gave her my old one. Okay. I thought he had reset the phone and removed all the messages, but my mother-in-law read messages between me and my mum when I was upset over her always wanting my husband to be at her beck and call. Ah, ah, this is awkward. I'm 29, he's 33, she's 63. His mum banned me from her house and my husband is staying with his parents for the lockdown. Husband and staying with parents? What's going on there? Um, our marriage has always been bumpy as he's so close to his mum and I always suspected she wanted to break up our marriage. I'm worried she's putting nasty things in his head about me, but I don't know whether I can face fighting with his mother and family any longer. Listen, this will talk about prioritising your wife, but he's living with his bloody mum rather than his wife. That's the nutty thing. So, I think the marriage is done. It's over. The marriage is over. Um, good luck. Go find something new. Because from when you're married and you're staying in different places in a time like this, I mean, it's the mum. He says stay with his parents, so it's not like his mum's on her own either. So I'm not sure what's really happening there. I'm not sure. All right, last one, because um, I just yawned massively. Um, we're going to we'll take this to 30 minutes. 25 is a bit too short, I guess. I need affection. My wife makes me feel like a sex pest at the slightest physical touch. Depends where you're touching her, though, mate. If you're trying to slip a finger in the butthole whilst you're trying to make your dinner, then it's kind of, kind of pest-like. But, you know, but if you're walking towards each other and you go to give her a hug and she's just like, ugh. Then maybe you're just gross. Let's see, my wife makes me feel like a sex pest. If I touch her leg or put my hand in her pyjamas, she shoots me down. Okay. Um, I end up feeling like I'm molesting her and only after one thing. I mean, you try to put your hands in her pyjamas. I know she's your wife, but... Try to seduce her a little bit, you know? Don't shove your hands up a top. What's wrong with you? We're both 46, married 20 years, and I love her very much, but our sex life is one-dimensional. Um, it's always up to me to make a first move. She's always in the same positions with me doing all the work, and it lasts no more than 10 minutes. I love oral sex, but she won't do it or receive it and thinks it's revolting. How have you been married for 20 years and you know, you're finding this out? They could be so incompatible. That's nuts. Um, sex toys are a no-go. I bought a sexy lingerie and she wore it once. Should I be happy with the sex once every few weeks? I masturbate regularly with porn and picture me and my wife in such scenes. I wish. Ah, oh, well, the guy, he has, really loves his wife. He's watching porn and still thinking about his wife. What a lovely guy. Um... Have you actually asked her, mate? You said, like, what was it? What was it so revolting about me? And she must go, do you know what? It's your fucking knuckles. It's like, what? Your hairy, dry knuckles. If you just shaved your knuckle hair and put some lotion on, I wouldn't mind you touching me. It could be something that simple. And you're like, really? Is that, 
All you do is ask. And then you put a little bit of cocoa butter on your hands, shave your knuckles, and then she's like, oh my God, it's my Gary, he's back. This is the Gary I fell in love with. And you rescued your marriage. A little bit of cocoa butter and knuckle shavings. That's what you needed to do. Um, <laughs> right, one more. Let's just pick it up. Flipping. Um, no, Jesus Christ, that one's wild. Um, let's see. One more. These are all, all the fairs. Uh, One more, Dad discarded. It's clear my son loves his mum more and perhaps even her boyfriend as well. Ah, I see, right. I am doing all I can to make my son love me, but it's clear he loves his mother more and perhaps even her boyfriend as well. Ah. My wife divorced me after I had an affair, but I still get to see my young son for one day a week and one weekend a month. Uh, that's okay. That was okay until he turned five. Now he makes a big fuss when I pick him up from his mum's. He says he wants his mum or his mum's new partner to be there. I'm 29. I'm starting to feel like I don't care for my son anymore. Jeez. Should I just pay his child support and not hope for more? I just want him to know I'm his dad. Ah. See, we understand this, mate. It's just comfort, isn't it? The kid's probably used to being at home. Your place probably isn't much of a home. It's his dad's house or his dad's place, his dad's flat. So you need to make it more of a home. I'm not saying you make it, get him all the stuff he wants. No, but let's think about like he's five. So he probably has toys, probably has a computer. You know what I mean? Where he has all those kind of comforts at home. And he comes to yours and you're just like, you want a beer, Jake? And he's like, I'm, I'm five. I'm five. So yeah, I don't have anything in the fridge other than beers. Um, a pack of wafer thin ham. Whoa. What do you want for dinner? What do you want? Indian? He's like, no, I'm five. I want chicken nuggets. Yeah, I don't have any chicken nuggets, mate. Fish finger? Don't have fish fingers, mate. So... Chicken madras? Kid's five, man. So that's probably what's happening. Yeah, you're probably having to accommodate for a five-year-old. Because you're being rejected by him, you're putting less effort in. It's just going to be this downward spiral. But you got to understand, he's a flipping child. Because he's a child, one, you've got to be the bigger person as an adult and make the effort. And two, he's a child. You can literally manipulate him into being whatever you want him to be. So... He might not love you now, but you can easily make him love you. Just, you know what I mean? It's easy enough. But always be there. Don't consider not being there for your child because they're being bratty. Yeah, that's that's not the way forward. 
Yeah, he knows you're his dad. And um, you could probably find something that you, you have in common. Everyone has something in common with their parents, even if you don't grow up with your parents. Just just law of averages. There's, there's literally, do you know how difficult it is to find someone, literally a random stranger, that you have absolutely nothing in common with? It's near impossible. So there'll be someone you'll find something in common. There's something you have a common ground. And he's five. All right. So anyway, I think that's it. That's the end of the pod. Um, right. That's it. All right. Uh, that's the end of the pod. What else can we talk about? Nothing. Next week, guess we'll be chatting away about whatever Boris said on Thursday. That's it, really. Okay. Uh, peace out.